This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast with your hosts, Scott Walker and Jamie Davis, episode 194. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy and Sci-Fi Reads. I'm here with my co-host, urban and cozy fantasy author, Scott Walker. You know, Scott, um, we, we've been to Vegas and we've got all these things going on. And then Thanksgiving's coming up right around the corner. We've got a lot coming up in our schedules if we weren't already busy enough. Yes, we definitely do. Uh, Vegas, we will do a full debrief in the next episode. Uh, but I got to be honest, I, I'm not going to lie. I am so excited for Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. Um, the, just the traditional here in the U.S., the traditional Thanksgiving meal is possibly one of my all-time favorites. And I am a big fan of leftovers. So I'm making stuffing, turkey, uh, uh, what's, I mean, uh, I mean, sourdough. I'm making yeah, I mean, yeah, just like it's I'm making these sandwiches for as many days after Thanksgiving as possible. Uh, oh, I can so imagine always, a slice of your sourdough with some turkey and stuffing and cranberry sauce on it. Make yourself a bobby. Would, would you believe I've never done that yet? Oh, no. You're, well, never OK, we, we need pictures. You're going to have to do it this year. I, it, this this year will be last year was a little bit of a weird Thanksgiving and the timing didn't quite work out this year. I will make sure that I use my bread for these sandwiches afterwards and i will definitely share pictures and they will most likely have googly eyes on them there you go googly eyes <laughs> on the picture sandwich pictures are perfect yeah i i it's a it's a big holiday for me and my family too and we usually host it at least every other year if not every consecutive year um just because it's easier to get everybody together and we don't mind mixing the families. So this way, Amy and I don't have to travel to two different Thanksgivings. we can just do one and have everybody Brilliant. come to our house um i make the turkey um, and then Amy handles a lot of the rest of this stuff. Um, and, um, then I also take the turkey, you know, leftovers and stuff and make stock that we freeze and make soup out of for, for over the winter. So, yeah, yeah. um, I make a whole, I get an extra like small bird and we make stock out of leftover from our dinner and then the extra bird. And I make like a giant stock pot and it just cooks all day on Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> it's just bubbling away on the stove, just simmering there. Just And, and the house smells amazing. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. I can, I can imagine it right now. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, I can't wait. I'm very looking. I mean, our oldest is off college, so he's coming home. He's, he's a freshman. So he'll be home and it'll be kind of a, our first, I guess, at home family get together since he went off to college. So very much looking forward to Thanksgiving this year. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about that. Um, what, is, what do you have going on writing wise? Have you got anything coming up on the schedule? I know you've got a lot going on in December. I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, so I am in the process of finalizing edits for Spells and Sourdough, which is book two in my Manhattan Magic Cozy Urban Fantasy series. That is available for pre-order and launches live on Friday, December 1st. Along with that, in parallel with that, I am also pulling together the anthology for the Cozy Vales holiday-themed anthology collection of short stories. That'll be the first published offering from Cozy Vales. Uh, if you like Cozy Fantasy, check it out. You know Everything happens in, a, in a, the same world called Cozy Vales Queendom. It is a queendom, not a kingdom. 
And, uh, you know, every, every author has got the ability to come in and create their own little valley, their own little corner within this larger queendom. But their characters also get to roam around and go into different shared settings. So you'll see the same locations cropping up again and again. And this initial anthology is all about holiday. There's a, there's a holiday in Cozy Vales called Lantern Night. It happens on the solstice of the year every year. And it's preceded and uh, and succeeded, if you will, uh, by something called Winter's Tie, which is a two-week seasonal holiday, if you will, that wraps around Lantern Night. All of the stories take place in or around Winter's Tide and Lantern Night. So there's a really cozy uh, feel to it. Most of them involve snow and fires and cups of mocha and all kinds of just like really fun, cozy stuff to them. And uh, they're they're a lot of fun. The stories are really great. So I can't wait to share these with the world. That should be releasing uh, early December as well. That will not be available for pre-order. So we're we're aiming for an early December release as well. That sounds amazingly cozy holiday. That just, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to read that. Um, the Cozy Vale stuff really is looking like a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. How about you? What do you work? I know you're busy. You got lots of you're juggling multiple series. I'm juggling multiple series. Well, I'm I'm in the middle of a NaNoWriMo month, so I'm writing book eight in the Lone Wolf Squadron series. Um, title has not yet been determined. I, I'm I'm waiting for the mood to strike me. I've got some ideas for a title, but I'm waiting to see if something better pops up before I. They're clamoring for a title from me, from the people I'm publishing this one with. So I've got to get that out to them because book seven comes out. December 28th and I need to have this cover I need to have this done and the cover made so they can put the pre-order up before the next book comes out so I've got to get a title together at some point here in the next maybe by the time we record the next podcast episode I'll have a title (laughs) for you um but yeah that's what I've been working on um you know it's it's I love this series. I love the fam, the found family of it, the, the, the misfit squadron of pilots that are out defending the people on the frontiers of a galactic federation. It's just, it's just fun all the way around. And, um, it just makes me, makes me happy, makes me feel cozy in a, in a sci-fi sense. So we'll go with that. That's how your books are. Your, your books leave you feeling good. Your readers always have a fun ride and good experience. There's a there's a couple of thrills there. There's a couple of scares there along the way, just to keep the action and the tension going just a little bit. But you know, your brand is very much an enjoyable read, an enjoyable ride for readers. So I'm not surprised at all to hear that. And clearly, even though we had an entire week in Vegas, uh, I presume you're getting your words in, right? You're not going to have any problems hitting your nano rimo because I understand you've been doing this for almost a decade and you've hit every single challenge yeah, every this year. Will correct? Be, I guess this is, this is either the ninth or 10th year I've been doing nano rimo and getting my 50,000 or at least 50,000 words in, in November. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I got I can't break the streak now. So yeah, I'm gonna get them in come hell or high water. Last year I was literally down to the wire. I think I got I had to get like five thousand words in the last day of November and I got them done. So that's if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. It's amazing what deadlines will do. Yeah. Well, why don't we get into this week's guest? I'm really excited to come up and, and do the interview with Heather Kent. Um, Heather Kent started her career publishing a contemporary romance retelling of The Wizard of Oz. She did that in 2017, and she won first place in a writing contest for it. And I, I can't wait to find out more about it. It sounds so intriguing. After that, she went on to publish three fantasy series, The Weaver Trilogy, 
the Eternal Artifacts series, and the Vradian Academy series. She loves writing both fantasy and romance. Finding the best of both worlds is her sweet spot. She also has a standalone series of contemporary romance books called Romantic Retellings, which is that Wizard of Oz-themed um, series of standalones, which just sound really cool. Heather lives in the mountains of Colorado with her husband and two golden retrievers, preventing them from being empty nesters, but she wouldn't want to change a thing. If she's not on the trail hiking, she's at school teaching, out meeting readers at a live event, or writing her next book. You can find out more about her books by visiting her website, heatherkint.com, and that's kind with a T if you want to know love how to that. spell Heather I, Kint. I love that. That's, that's great. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I'm excited to do this too, because I've known Heather for a while and I'm very excited about her books and sharing those with the world. So let's get to it. Heather, welcome to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. It's so great to have you on the show today. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, and uh, tell the readers about you and your books. So I am a young adult fantasy and romantic, uh, contemporary romance retelling author. Um, I've been writing since 2008, but published since 2017. Currently, I have 14 books published, and I am also a fourth grade teacher and live in the mountains of Colorado. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You were, uh, you just put in a full day today and you I squeezed did. us in. I did. So have mercy on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, thank you so much for taking time after your busy day to talk to us. Um, let's dig into your series because we were, okay. I was reading your bio. I looked at your Amazon author page. You've got several series out across what I would call a couple of different genres. Why don't we start with your Bradian? Am I pronouncing that correct? Bradian Academy Bradian series. Academy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's, technically a four book prequel series for a whole different series which already tells me something because most most authors who do a prequel it's like here's a prequel novella maybe a novel you've written an entire prequel series so tell us a little bit about that how it connects to the other series okay so actually it is a three book series with a prequel novella to the prequel series (laughs) (laughs) okay it's so meta okay okay sorry um so anyway the radiant academy is um i was writing my eternal artifact series and that's my series that has the doors on it and each door is a different world so within the world of the green door there were three characters that were in their 40s who were really interesting to me because they had this bad blood between them so after i wrote the eternal artifact series I wanted to write their story when they were teenagers at an academy together and how they got this bad blood between them and how that happened. So that's where the Viridian Academy was born. Got it. Okay. So by the way, the covers, the door covers, love that. It's, I don't know who did the covers, but the branding on that is so spot on and so easy to pick those out from the rest of the series in your Amazon author page. So love those covers. You did a great job. Yeah. You want to give her a shout it's out? So yeah, her name's Chris Hack. She actually, she had her own company, but now she's with another company, which I don't remember the name, but um, her name is Chris Hack. 
Awesome. awesome. Okay, yeah, book cool. covers are so important and and really help. You know, you, in the old adage, never judge a book by its cover. As authors who've written anything and for any length of time, just know that covers are so important to helping readers connect to whether the book is right for them or not. And so I, I understand that. I also like that you took characters that you found in one series and said, you know, I want to know more about them and explore mm-hmm. them. Because so often people ask me all the time, where do I get the inspiration for what I'm writing? And, you know, I just I, 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 I kind of laugh because I find inspiration in so many different places. And I'm curious where you find your inspiration for your books. So it depends on the series. So my first series that I ever wrote, <clears throat> the first book I ever wrote is called The Weaver. Um, so when I wrote that book, I had just finished my master's degree in teaching reading. And so when I was writing it, um, or before I wrote it, I was writing papers, term papers for my education master's degree. <laughs> and I was doing really well. And so then I one day, one day I was just like, I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old at home and I'm writing these papers and I didn't have much time and I turned it in and I got an A anyway. And I was like, oh, I must be kind of good at this writing thing. And then I was reading, okay, don't laugh at me. I was reading Twilight at the same time. (laughs) And I know I'm saying that a couple of guys. No judgment. No, no shame. And, Look, I have I had teenage daughters at the time Twilight came out. I had to I went to two different midnight book release parties at the Barnes and Noble near us. So um, you know, fun. I'm the awkward dad standing in the corner while, you know, the kids are fanning out over the books getting released. So So anyway, I was I um I was in my early thirties and I was writing you know, reading Twilights it and like another teacher described them. They're like, kind of like crack. They're so addictive. And so <laughs> I wanted to write my own story that was that addictive. I'm like, I could do this. I could write a story. So that's where the Weaver was born. And there's a lot of different influences in the Weaver. It takes place at a college that is basically the college I went to and what it was like there. Cause it's, it's really cool. It's in Massachusetts. There's this big forest behind it with ponds and there's a building that looks like a castle. And it's just like, perfect fantasy setup and um and then uh the and it's heavy the first book's heavy on the romance just because of the twilight influence but um i've learned through my career to make that kind of like a subplot in in a story more than the heavy plot so um that's where the weaver was born um a lot of my new england influences in there and then the eternal artifacts were interesting. So that's the one with the doors on the front. I always had in my mind that I wanted a series with doors on the front. And I was thinking kind of like a kid's series like Magic Treehouse. Have you heard of those before? And so I said, I want a door on each book. And then because my first series was young adult fantasy, I said, okay, I'm going to make it young adult. And so I um, had these renters in the basement And the 21-year-old was a big reader. So I said to him, I said, Connor, what's behind these doors? And he just rattled off because he's a big, huge reader. And he's like, big Jim Butcher reader, big, you know, fantasy reader. And he's just like, okay, behind the green door is this, behind the red door is this. I've changed some of that, but I just kind of went off his little structure a little bit. And that helped me to write those books. (laughs) So he gets interesting, interesting little things like in the red door, there's a queen that controls her people by pheromones. 
So that was wow. his idea. <laughs> that's, that's cool. I, I love yeah. the idea of doors leading to different places. Um, you know, that's, uh-huh. that's a theme in, in, in a lot of different books and, and ideas of, you know, either portals or doorways or, you know, all leading, leading somewhere, um, I think is such a cool concept because it gives you so much freedom to go in different directions. Yeah. In fact, um, when you get to the white door, it's actually a little more sci-fi than it is fantasy. There's like kind of a twist of both in there. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) So is that series complete? It is. Yeah. All my series are complete right now. I'm actually, um, about 15,000 words into my next one, next fantasy series. So Okay, yeah. so we, we we touched on Viridian Academy, which leads right. into the Eternal Artifacts. We just right. covered the Weaver series. You're starting a whole new series. I am, yeah, yeah. Separate totally. front, and then, but we haven't gotten to your your romantic retellings, right? Right. <laughs> so you want you give us a little preview, a little blurb on those, real quick. Okay, so the um, romantic retellings. Um, the first, actually the second book I wrote, because The Weaver was the first book I wrote, was um, called Ruby Slips and Poker Chips. And I renamed it Not Quite Dorothy because of my cover designer, because she had a pre-made called Not Quite Cinderella. So I, she remade the cover for me and um, I won an award with it um, from another author who was running a writing contest. And I won first place. And so he helped me publish that book. And... Then um, it won another award through this other author organization that it won an award through. So then I didn't write Cinderella till quite a bit later. That was my second book. And then I wrote Belle, so Beauty and the Beast retelling. And then um, I just published in beginning of October, Wendy, so Peter Pan retelling. Okay, that's the one I remember talking to you about maybe a couple weeks ago on a different Zoom call. That that one was coming out. So. Is that an ongoing series or is that now complete? So they're standalones. So each one is a standalone. So if I decide later on that I want to write another one when I'm done with my fantasy series, I could add to it. So they're all contemporary romance retellings. So there's no fantasy in them. They're all like realistic, but a retelling of that story. Got it. it, There's fun things like in the Wizard of Oz one, the Dorothy one, um, I had to come up with how is the scarecrow going to be not have a brain? <laughs> so he's pretty much a daredevil and does things without thinking. Um, oh, that's great. I love that. The yeah. tin man is actually a tin woman who's a hitchhiker that she has to pick up on her way to Las Vegas, which is the Emerald city. And, the, and she basically steals people's hearts because she breaks hearts all the time. And she's had all these different relationships and, and then the, <laughs> The um, Cowardly Lion is this giant African-American man, lives in um, suburban Flagstaff, Arizona, and he's got bars on his windows. He answers the door with gloves on his hands to shake hands to pe- with people. He sprays everything down because he's afraid of germs. So he's just like has all these phobias <laughs> and he's afraid of falling in love, too. So Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I I think that's, that's probably one of the most creative ideas for a retelling of a, of a fairy tale or a previous work that I've probably heard. I love the adaptation of the, the different characters from the wizard of Oz into, into something that is in a, in a non-fantasy setting, but still has the attributes of those characters. 
That's just so cool. What really creative. Yeah, second grade teacher and her, her prince, her new principal is the wicked witch of the West. Oh, wow. And so she has to go to Las Vegas for a teaching conference and she follows route 66, which is the yellow brick road. <laughs> That's the- and this, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. The, the principle is not based on anyone in your working environment. Um, and that is the reason I wrote the book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, listen, hey, my, my sister's a middle seventh grade middle school um, English teacher. And she, yeah. um, I, I've, I've heard her over the years talk about some of her principles. I can imagine yeah. the Wicked Witch motif. Some are, uh-huh. some are great and wonderful and supportive. And there's every now and then there's just that one that just, what the heck are they doing? This woman was crazy. She used to walk down the hallway like she was drunk on Bob Dylan's birthday because she loved Bob Dylan. She'd hang a big poster on the wall with balloons around it singing happy birthday to Bob Dylan. So I had to put that in the book, but I changed it to John Mellencamp instead of Bob Dylan. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yep. So, okay. So to recap, we've got two complete, three complete series plus your um, not quite a collection of standalone books and then you're working on your brand new series correct yes can you get a little preview of that or is it too soon so the the title is the kindred few so it um it's a girl who lives in this society that is it's like a city where um people are basically born in test tubes um and they have kind of expunged all these people out that were called undesirables out of the city. And because her parents, she becomes an orphan before she's 18, she's forced to leave the city. And it's so it's about her experiences outside of the city where there are more supernatural beings and other, and she actually ends up living with some other orphans. So they become the kindred few. And so that's where we are right now. (laughs) I love that. And I, I, I'm really curious, you know, what, when you start a new series like that and you're, you're going in a different direction and trying something like that, um, what's your writing process like? I, you know, I know you work, you're a full-time teacher. I know you have to grade papers and do all the other Uh things you do. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you fit writing into your regular schedule. So when I was, um, doing a good job at this, (laughs) I was writing 500 words a night. Um, Lately, I've just been exhausted. But um, so normally on the weekends, I try to write one to 2000 words a day. And then on um, and then after school, I'll write about 500. Um, I am I don't know if the word is a discovery writer now. (laughs) So I'm a discovery writer, but I, I did kind of map some stuff out a little bit for this story because I wanted, I've been reading The Fourth Wing. Have you heard of that book? It's a very popular fantasy book right now. So I've been reading it because I want to see what people, why everybody's buying it and why it's so popular. (laughs) And how far into that are you? Um, About 75% of the way through. Okay. So any, any nuggets of wisdom that you can extract? What's, what's the secret sauce for that book? I think they like the dragons. Um, always a hit. Always a dragons hit. are always a hit. Yep. Um, there's <laughs> there's sexual tension. I think there's that part <laughs> that women like. <laughs> um, 
you know, enemies to lovers kind of thing. So yeah. I think that's what people that's like. True. When I when I read about half of it, I was like, I don't know what the big deal is here. I think there's a twist at the end that I've heard, but I haven't gotten to that part yet. Gotcha. No, so you got to do that though. I mean, you've got to dig in and find out what is going on with different types of books that are popular and find out what, like you said, the secret sauce, right? I mean, it, 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 sometimes it's, it's hard to figure out what it is. Um, sometimes things just catch fire and go viral for no apparent reason. Um, they're, they're books and they, they have interesting stories, but sometimes you just kind of scratch your head. Um, because they're yeah, because they caught on for because somebody read it and posted on their Instagram or something about it. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I think it's a traditionally published book too, so they get some of that bigger marketing with it. So got it. That so I, I I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I you've got multiple series out, right. lots of books, far more than I've published so far. Please, please tell me it gets easier as, as you write more books. Does it get easier? Does it mean the writing process? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I think it depends what your personality type is too. I mean, if you're wanting everything to be perfection, then it's going to take a long time, you know, to, cause you're going over it and going over it and going over it, you know, before you get it to an editor. So I think I wrote Wendy over the summer got it done over the summer because I wasn't teaching. But that one's only about 56,000 words. So that one's not very long. Um, I think it gets easier. And I think that your writing gets better and better. I think it's about finding voice for me, at least, you know, I've, I've been able to write as many books as I've written because it has gotten a little faster with each book. And it's because I'm more comfortable in, in what a Jamie Davis book feels like to me and what my writing style is. And, um, and I think that's just practice. I, I think sometimes you just have to get into the groove. And for me, that's, that's when I'm in, when I'm in the groove, the words just come. Right. I think one of the things I'm, um, struggling with now is like I had for my first two series, I had these really imaginative ideas. And that's what some people like about my books is how different they are. And now I'm like, okay, I used my two big imaginative ideas. Now I'm just going to come up with these stories and write them. (laughs) And they might not be as, you know, oh, wow, that's a really cool idea. But, you know, it just takes some I, I mean, I think the story is good. I mean, I think my best writing is in the Radiant Academy, but it doesn't sell as well as the Eternal Artifacts. You're not the first author I have heard say mm-hmm. that. It, it is interesting to see what we think is the, the, the better quality book, the one that we are most proud of, to, right. to see it be ignored and then find this other series. Like, it's a good series, and I put my heart and soul into it. I don't think I quite stuck the landing and readers love it. You know what? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. My favorite series is my least bestseller. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it's the one I love the storyline in. It's the one I love the characters in the most. It's everything. And then, you know, the bubblegum popcorn stuff is <laughs> selling pretty well. And it's just like, okay. that's <laughs> No, no judgment, Jamie, no judgment. 
I, I, I like bubble gum and popcorn. popcorn. There's perfectly good times for them. Not at the same time because the kernels get stuck in the bubble gum, but you know what I mean. I do. I yeah, do. the um, I just think people like, you know, like that, the eternal artifacts, they love, they love the idea of a game. They love the idea of, of going to different worlds in each book. They love, they love that you know? And, and when I bring them, like I do a lot of live shows too, like live selling and the, the covers stand out for that as well. Well, like I said, they're gorgeous covers. They're gorgeous. What's it like? So you're doing, Oh, go ahead, Scott. I, I bet you were going to ask this. Exact I, same I question. was, so go for it. <laughs> so I've never done any kind of convention signing in person, real life reader connection uh, event. I know you've started doing that this year. I think this is your first year, right? How, how'd that go? No, not your first year. Yeah. I so did it. Since, first one was like right before COVID started in that January before COVID. What was that? 2020. Yeah. Yeah. We did um, the Albuquerque comic con. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. Stuck right yeah. up. So we've done yeah. that. I've done fan expo in Denver. Um, and I did the rave the first year at 20 books. And then I've done a lot of local things like craft shows and Christmas holiday fairs. And tomorrow or Saturday, I have a Harry Potter festival coming up. So that'll be fun. <laughs> so my big thing is like Harry Potter, you'll love the Bradian Academy. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, it's it's great meeting readers. I love that part of it. I hate having to say my pitch over and over and over and over and over again. But I love when you have people come up and then all of a sudden they realize you're the author because they think, because I have so many books there that I'm selling other people's books. So they're like, wait a minute, you're the author. Yeah. Do you want me to sign them for you? <laughs> you know, and they get all excited about that. I, so that's really fun. The few events I've done, I, I've always been pleasantly surprised by how, people react to meeting me because, right. you know, I'm just me, <laughs> but to them, it's like, they, they, it's like catching an author in the wild is, is something that's exciting to them. So for a reader, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and I, I, and I, I, I should understand that because I, I completely fanboy out on some of the um, people that come into 20 books and David Weber and some of the other sci-fi authors that are there. Um, you know, I have to like, you know, chill myself down, like, you know, Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) I did the same thing. I went to go talk to Elena Johnson after her talk because she was a teacher too. So I I just wanted to have that conversation with her on how she made that transition, which was interesting. And I bet it was a perfectly awesome down to earth conversation. It was. And oh my goodness, just having a steering wheel desk is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I think she mentions that in, in one of her books where she talks about having mounted a keyboard to her steering wheel for, was it drop off and pick up at school? For right. The five, five or 10 minutes she was grabbing every day here and there just to squeeze as many words in as possible because she, she is a writing machine. Her she, readers is, are not- she doesn't even really have to reread where she had left off. She said she starts, she knows just where to start and keep going. 
with me, I have to be in a groove and, and be writing for a while. Like if my husband comes in and starts talking to me, I'm like, I give him the death stare because it's like, you just interrupted my whole process, you know? I mean, I'm sure you guys know what that feels like. Oh, no. <laughs> I, get into slow. <laughs> I, I don't dare give my wife the death stare, but, no. <laughs> but I'm thinking it. I'm it. thinking it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> well, I, I since you are working full time and you, it sounds like you've been, I don't believe you've ever been writing full time. Is that correct? So what advice would you give someone who currently has a full-time job is considering writing? They want to they maybe begin their author career. They have not written their first book, haven't published their first book. What advice would you share with them? I think the big thing is not to compare yourself to people who can do this full-time. Because a lot of times you see these people and they're releasing, you know, 15 books a year. Some people are crazy like that, you know? And so you just have to release what you can and get started because you you won't start if you get frustrated by that. Um, so if you have a story and you just start writing and I mean, the Weaver probably took me more than a year to write because there's research in that there's historical fiction in that part of, in that mm-hmm. story as well that I had to research. So yeah, your first book's probably going to take a while because I think with our first book, we're all perfectionists. <laughs> And we want it to go well. <laughs> um, but I think that if you don't get started, it's you're not going to have anything. Uh-huh. And just like I do, you know, do what you can each night. <laughs> I think that's great advice. And everybody needs to remember that every author started with book one. Right. No matter how many yeah. books they have, there, there was a book one. and Everybody has to start somewhere. And for probably a majority of authors, book one was not a big hit maker. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Maybe Stephanie Meyer it was, but not for anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But that didn't catch fire like immediately. That was was out for a while before it it caught on. So I I think there's a lesson there to be learned as well is that you can write something and, you know, years later it can you can catch on with the right with the right groove at the right time. So you just have to kind of go with the flow. I'm still waiting for someone to find the green door. I'm waiting for that person. (laughs) (laughs) I had an interesting, actually an interesting thing happen when I was at the, what was it called? Um, The Decatur book festival um, in Decatur, Georgia. That was the first live event I ever did. And it was with my publishing house because the Weaver series had Weaver series had a publisher at first. Um, so I had the Weaver and I had not quite Dorothy, which was Ruby slips and poker chips back then. Not that anything big came out of this, but it was interesting. So I was selling my books there and this woman comes up to me and she's like, Oh, this looks interesting. What's it about? And I kind of told her and she's like, well, um, I'm a film producer from LA and I'm shooting here in Atlanta for a TV show. And she goes, and this looks like something I'd be interested in. So she had her daughter, she wasn't going to come to this, but she had her daughter with her. And she's like, her daughter wanted to come over to the book festival. And so she bought a copy from me. I haven't heard anything yet, but you know, fingers crossed (laughs) that she loved Dorothy. (laughs) That stuff can take forever too. 
because uh, uh, you know I'm in LA and I've got some writer friends here who've had who've had their books officially formally optioned, mm-hmm. and it just takes the process takes forever, yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah, but that's awesome, and then yeah, that's that the kind of exciting. stuff. That's the kind of stuff that, that makes you want to get up early the next morning and, and keep writing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, we one of the questions we were going to ask you was, you know, had anything happened in at one of your live events that was a, a surprise, like a pleasant surprise you weren't expecting, and you just answered our question. Can I answer with another one that just happened at yeah, the Colorado Comic Con? Yeah. So I was in Pueblo, and you might have read this, Scott. I think you've commented on it, but. Um, this guy comes up and he's looking at my not quite bell book and he's asking me about it. He's like, is this a beauty and the beast retelling? And I said, yeah. And he goes, Oh, he goes, he he points to his hat and he has a little pin on there. He goes, Oh, I was chip. And I'm thinking, Oh, he was chip in a production on a play or something, you know, and, and we're talking and he's asking, Oh, does it have erotica in it? I said, no, it doesn't really. And he goes, <laughs> He goes, I was just looking at the legs on the cover. So I was wondering, you know, and we're having the conversation. And I said, well, what play were you in? And he goes, no, I was Chip in Beauty and the Beast. So he was the actual Chip from the cartoon Beauty and the Beast. That's awesome. I said, how old were you then? He goes, oh, between seven and nine years old. And he was also in Jumanji, too. He was a little boy in Jumanji. Yeah. So that was pretty cool that he stopped to talk to me about my book. But that feels like a situation where I would say, would you please sign my book? I, I, my friend said, you should ask for a picture. And I'm like, well, I, I was like, I don't know, because he's probably charging for photographs over there. And then it's just kind true, of a weird situation. So. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. It's a great story. And, and you just never know what connections our books make with people right. from whether right. they're famous, whether they've got a Hollywood connection, whether... It just speaks to them and gets them through a difficult time. It, it, it's mm-hmm. it's amazing the different ways our books touch readers, and 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 either help them or influence them in some way. Um, I, it's something I've always been interested to hear more about. Now, so you so when do you plan to release your up, next upcoming release, or is there any other news you want to share with readers? Um, so I don't have a date yet because I'm only about 15,000 right. words into it <laughs> and I don't want to kind of, I, I usually block myself in, but this time I don't really want to, cause I'm not sure how this series going to roll yet. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure I want to have a really good release for it. I don't even have a cover yet. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. Wendy was my last one. So Peter Pan retelling. And it just that just came out. So October fourth. Yeah. Yeah, So that's really recent. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have hit the point in the podcast where we are going to rapid fire five questions at you. We call this the no wrong answers segment. And there literally are no wrong answers. Are you ready, Heather? I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. What was the last movie you saw in a theater? Um, I'm going to see Taylor Swift tomorrow night. That counts. <laughs> okay. No wrong answer. That's great. Okay. French's mustard or gray poupon? Gray poupon. Cookies and milk or pie and ice cream? Cookies and milk. All right. Favorite movie of 2023 so far? 
Oh my goodness. Um, sorry, I'm not rapid firing this. I'm trying to think of what I've watched. <laughs> You're asking a 50 year old brain this. Um, what did we see? I went to see the Barbie movie, but I didn't love it. Interesting. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I made that my guy. husband go on my birthday to go see it. Oh, and then you didn't like it? Oh, it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> was you, it you didn't remember it 20 years from now? Probably not. <laughs> so, clearly, no Barbenheimer. No, I didn't go see Oppenheimer. No. <laughs> <laughs> my son went to see that one. Final one. That still counts. Yep. Final one. Trick okay. or treat? Treat, definitely. There you go. <laughs> See? Fantastic. Wasn't right. wasn't that bad at all. No. And we would have accepted so. we would have accepted the Errors Tour movie for that favorite movie of 2023 question too because it's going to be epic. I tried to get tickets to go see the real thing. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm not sadly I'm not surprised by that at all. I have been reading the articles about people in the movie theater treating it like it's a concert though. Okay. So we'll see so, how it goes tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, apparently dancing in the aisles and singing along is very, very common. So that would be fun. <laughs> I'm going well, with my is, daughter, my college age daughter. So <laughs> I'm sure she'll have a blast. I'm sure yeah. she'll have a blast. Oh, I, I, my daughter and her wife and my daughter-in-law and another friend of theirs all went to the tour here in Philly and saw the concert. And it, they spent the entire day before the concert making friendship bracelets making sure their outfits, their tailor outfits were appropriate and ready to go. I mean, it was like a whole event that lasted like 18 hours by the time they were done. It was, it was great fun to watch them enjoy the concert that much. So here's something fun. I made friendship bracelets because of the, it's a big deal right now. I made them for my upcoming sale with the names of my books on them. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 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 So I think that'll be fun. I think so. I think so. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, chatting with us, talking to us about your series. And um, I think we're going to have all the links to everything here um, on the podcast page for anyone who wants to go check out all of your books, your series and your most recent one. Um, Tell us, please, how readers can get in touch with you. So my website is Heather Kint, K-I-N-D-T. I tell my kids in my class, kind with a T heatherkint.com um i'm also on facebook instagram and tiktok fantastic awesome thanks so much thank you i loved chatting with heather it was so much fun Most authors write a single prequel novella or maybe a novel in a series, but she wrote an entire prequel series to go along with her books, uh, which I think is so cool. So make sure you check out everything we talked about. We'll have links to all her books in the show notes for this episode, and you can find those over at jamiedavisbooks.com. There's a podcast tab at the top of the page. Just click on that. It'll take you right over to the podcast episode list. Um, and you can pick out her episode there. Um, don't forget to subscribe too. There's um, links to subscribe below the audio player on every podcast episode page. So definitely do that. Um, Scott, listen, why don't you share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you and find out what you're up to, especially your upcoming releases. 
My pleasure. Yeah. So scottiswriting.com is my author website. I am Scott is writing at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, please check out Cozy Vales. It's P as in Victor, A as in Adam, L as in Larry, E as in Edward, S as in Sam. Cozyvales.com to uh, check out and see what all the excitement with this shared cozy fantasy world is all about. You can sign up for our email list, be the first to find out about our new books and get some awesome behind the scenes info on that uh, project. I have loved working with these authors. Collaborative collaboration is just kind of my jam. And we've built, I think, a really awesome world that will be generating stories for a very, very long time. And how about you, my friend? How could I find you if I wanted to find you online? Well, as I said earlier, you can find me at jamiedavisbooks.com and especially also over on Facebook and Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers Group. Um, that's over there. Uh, we talk about not just my books, but all kinds of fantasy and sci-fi books and movies and TV shows with my group over there. We'd love to just kind of shoot and see what's what everybody's listening to or watching or binging at any given moment. So join the fun over there. Um, you can also subscribe to the show at jamiedavisbooks.com and uh, definitely catch up with me over there. But uh, that's it for me. Until next time on this podcast, I'm Jamie Davis. And I'm Scott Walker. We're asking you to keep on reading and keep on listening right here to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast.